It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. A strong, positive sense of self-esteem is your first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Yet too often, when we attempt to leave our comfort zone, we have that chorus of inner critics inside our heads. The itty-bitty shitty committee, as I like to call mine, whispering self-sabotaging doubt and untrue trash talk in our ear. This podcast celebrates women who rise above and move beyond any self-doubt of and old, outmoded, limiting beliefs. Women who have reconnected with who they truly are, that gorgeous, talented, fabulous gift to the world who deserves recognition and unconditional love. My hope is that their insights inspire all of you to do the same. You know the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas That Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women now secure in their own self-confidence so we can learn from their stories of how they found themselves and became the magnificent role models they are to us now. And today I'm speaking with Tracy Thompson. Tracy is both an emotional freedom and an ICF certified life coach. She chooses to use these skill sets to focus on helping her clients become masters of their money mindset, helping entrepreneurs rid themselves of the stagnant energy in their money, fears, and blocks to be replaced by empowering beliefs that lead the way to financial freedom for their businesses and success with sales. Her unique audit process and three R's model helps you break free from the limiting beliefs around money, to free up the energy held hostage by your doubts and fears, and use the newly liberated energy to fuel empowered beliefs for you and your business, and feel confident doing so, which is why Tracy chose the business name of Becoming Me, the acronym meaning to be both more empowered and the authentic me you were born to be. Welcome, Tracy. How are you? I am fabulous. I'm great. Thanks. How are you doing? So I'm all energized. Oh, excellent. Oh, a workout right before a podcast. So you've got lots of energy. That's excellent. So I, I introduced you, and I in my introduction, I said that you are an emotional freedom and ICF certified life coach. Can you explain what that is? <laughs> what the heck is that? What do those letters mean? So ICF is just the, no, I shouldn't say just, but it is the International Coaching Federation that um, gives credibility to coaching. And in the coaching world, it's important to have that because it's a little bit like the wild, wild west out there. Anyone can put their profile out online and call themselves a coach or call themselves any sort of a career like that. So having the ICF just um, gives that comfort level to potential clients and they know that you are certified and you adhere to ethics and certain standards that the ICF demands of you. Pardon me. And then emotional freedom coach is emotional freedom techniques, commonly called tapping, 
and I took a 10-month program with the school called NEFTI, N-E-F-T-T-I, and through them, I was certified as an emotional freedom coach. Okay, so I've had um, I've had a couple ladies on the podcast that um, are EFT trained. So yeah, tapping and and I've done it myself a few times. Um, so I, I didn't realize this, but you're in in finances, so you bring confidence to women. Um, in their in their money like how they balance their money is that right yeah i online on my linkedin profile it's actually i'm on, on there as a money mindset mastery coach and that's kind of what i like to call myself however recently i've considered reconsidered that a little bit like that is my focus and that remains my focus but i call myself if you i'll ask you a question have you ever have you ever thought of your mindset as being something that is in training? Probably not. Most um, of us have it. Right. Like I've, I've, I've heard the term or the, the, the title of, you know, a work in progress. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we are. We all are when, we're, when we delve into any kind of personal work or inner work or self-help or personal development, right? Um, I just like to be more intentional about it. And although my focus is self-love and sales, that's actually my tagline, um, because I contend that self-love is necessary for sales. And that's where um, women entrepreneurs in particular seem to be really missing the mark because they are trying to do it from the outside in rather than from the inside out. So I have recently, very recently, just, um, kind of reconsidered how I, <clears throat> pardon me, brand and market myself. And I like to think of my of my coaching as being your personal trainer for your mindset. And then I also like to have my clients think of they are going into serious training so that they develop that intentional work to be that work in progress rather than just sloughing it off and calling themselves a work in progress without putting that intentional focus on I guess, up-leveling their mindset. Okay, I like that. I like the whole personal trainer idea. Now, you said that self-love is necessary for sales. I think I want you to elaborate on that just a little bit more. <laughs> so, again, I would, I would, you know, hit your listeners with a question. You can take all of the strategies and scripts and I don't know, all of the how-tos of being able to up your game when it comes to sales. But how successful are they really if you haven't first got the self-love piece in place, firmly in place? And it's kind of a rhetorical question because I already know the answer. It is nothing more than a robotic moving through the actions sort of thing, right? And anyone can do that. And I think that's where I go back to where they're missing the mark because they're missing that self-love piece. How can Because it's, it's love. So you need to be vibrating on that energy and coming from that place first before people are going to want to engage with you or buy from you. And it comes across as very inauthentic, fake, phony, whatever word you choose to use, unless and until 
you have that self-love piece driving the bus first. You have to be in touch with yourself because people can recognize that from a mile away if you're not. And how do you, if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect anyone else to? That's the, bo- that's the bottom line question right. that I like to leave people with, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that question. If you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect others to? And, and it's a good point, right? I mean, if I don't love myself, I, I teach people how to love me. So if I can't love myself, no one is going to love me the way I need it. Yes, yes. And the other piece to that, too, is that you are only magnifying. When you put yourself out in the world and potential clients, customers in front of you, and you are, say, quote, unquote, pitching to them, if you're coming across as phony, they can smell it a mile away, like I say. Um, but also, <laughs> is that really how you want to be? Like, is that, is that, the, is that kind of putting the, the cart behind the horse or the horse? In, I, don't, I don't know how the expression goes, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up on my but expression. It's true. Like, do you want to come? Yeah. Do you want to come across as phony or do you want like others to feel that you are authentic and truly confident in what you're selling, right? Because if you don't feel, if you're not being yourself, then how are mm-hmm. you truly going to feel confident in anything that you do? Yeah. And then you're constantly in, in, a, in a pursuit of that external validation after that. Because now you've just set yourself up for that being the only way that you can feel validated. And those potential customers and clients can only, they can smell it from a mile away because you are actually presenting yourself with that energy where you're magnifying that lack of self-love, that lack of confidence, that lack of trust in your ability and your skills and everything that you are saying that you're all about. Self-love precedes strategy every time. Right. So do you think that all these top salespeople in the world, and I'm talking men and women, um, do you think that they all truly love themselves and that's why they're successful? Oh, I love this question. I love this question so much. I'm actually going to be presenting a speech on Friday, and I actually talk about this. And I will just kind of almost, quote what I've got in my speech, it's um, self-love is not something that, you know, contrary to, I think, popular opinion or what is the popular um, context, maybe, we'll use that word. I think people have this mistaken belief that self-love is reserved as a luxury only for those people, like you say, who have already made it, who are those top sellers. I contend that that is so, such a big myth. I think those people are up at the top because they've already mastered this self-love piece. I think they're at the top because of the self-love. So that's where I say we've got to back it up and we have to learn how to do that for ourselves and not be searching for that external validation all of the time in order to be successful. So that's where I say Self-love is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Uh, Yes, I agree to that 100%. 
I think we all need it, right? We know we all need it to be successful in anything. It doesn't have to be business or money. Like just to be a successful person, you need to have like trust and confidence and love for yourself. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally believe that. Yes, you preach it, sister. And I so couldn't when, agree more. And so when a client comes to you, yeah, when a client comes to you, Tracy, and says, you know, I want to become me, I want to be empowered, and I want to be authentic, where do you start? Because I would think, like, if someone says, I want to be who I truly am, I feel like they already are. Mm-hmm. No one's going to come to you and say, you know what, I've been, I've been faking this all my life. This is not who I truly am. Please help me be who I truly am. Mm. Oh, I love this question too. And it resonates with me so much. Um, I actually get goosebumps when I, when I hear you even asking it. It is, um, that is a big part of the problem is people and their lack of recognition for needing it. So I would just question them first and say, what kind of results are you getting? Because if you are not getting the results that you need or want, or if they're not to the, you know, to the standard that you want your results to be, then you know that there's a bug in the system, so to speak. And your computer system, your mind needs an upgrade. Because I always, I always compare it to your laptop or an app on your phone. If you're not getting the results that you want out of that, what do you do? You upgrade. So that's where the first step begins is awareness. And I've actually just recently created um, a little acronym for that. And you use the word empowerment, which is so ironic because I call it an empowerment audit. Audit spelt with two T's. And the A in audit is awareness. So that is where we start to answer your question. We begin with awareness. Because people are so, I think, I don't want to generalize too, too much here. But we've become so, um, what would the word be, protected. We've, we've thrown these armors on. We've protected ourselves. We're so used to wearing a mask that it's become second nature to us. We don't even know. We, we don't know what we don't know, essentially. So awareness is always that first right. step, and you have to start there. And so you kind of start with right. some questions. And, okay, where are you at now? And, can you know, where are you at now? What kind of results are you getting? What results are you not getting? And then you go into the awareness of, well, what is the thought that's behind that? Or what is the belief that's behind that result or lack thereof? And then you start peeling off the layers from there. Because the you is where you go next. And that's the unlearning. So we have to kind of peel back that, that first layer, become aware of where we're at, and get real. Get real with ourselves and, and it's okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. Okay, now we've got the awareness. Now we're in action. So now we can start to unlearn. And the unlearning is all of those layers of conditioned beliefs, limiting beliefs, fears, everything that we were told and mod- had modeled for us as young kids and took in to be true. We have to unlearn a lot of them because <laughs> there's a lot that are just plain old false right yes and that's that's probably so i mean so far i mean we have two steps that you go through awareness is sometimes the hardest isn't it to look at yourself as if you are someone else right 
And then so unlearning, that, that's, that's really hard. It really is, and that's, that's the beauty of the EFT, and I'm able to bring that into our coaching because um, once you have the awareness, and I'll just back up to the A a little bit, something that's helpful maybe for your listeners and if they're at this stage right now and wanting to know, you know what, maybe at the time I did take an empowerment audit and figure out just exactly where I am at. If they're wanting to do that, a great first step is establish what your core values are and go through an exercise. And I would totally offer to have any of your listeners just, you know, call, contact me afterwards and I can walk them through a values exercise. Because once you know what your values are, and I will caution you to say not assume that you know what those are, because when I work through an exercise myself, I found my values to be different than what I actually had presumed that they were. So it can be very enlightening. It can be a little bit scary, so you have to get a little bit vulnerable. But once you're aware of that, then you can begin with the unlearning. Because you can go through those and say, okay, my core value is, say, honesty. So I'm not having the success in sales that I'm, that I'm wanting to get because I also have the underlying belief that people who are wealthy are a bunch of show-offs and they, they had to lie and steal and cheat to get where they're at. And they're, they're show-offs, they brag. So those are in, incongruent with one another, and that's where the unlearning comes in. And we use the EFT as the tool to be able to make that happen. And that's where my frustration was born out of in, in days prior to learning um, the tapping was the fact that everyone was telling me the same, I was getting the same message, change your mindset, change your results. Okay, I get it. But how was my, always my question. I always walked away thinking how EFT gives, gives us that. It's like having a map in your hands and literally in your hands because you use your hands to tap. So now you're able to poke holes in many of those thoughts and beliefs that, beliefs that you are basing your habits and your actions on and you're more aware of when you're being incongruent with what your core beliefs are. It's like the more aware you are and the quicker you become aware each time because it's a process. We're always a work in progress. We talked about that then we can understand, oh, okay, this is how it's working. And you, you come to realize sooner and sooner all the time, more quickly, it's like, oh, I'm doing it again. Then you can catch yourself. Does that make some sort of sense? Yes. And, and also, too, like, because we're unlearning, um, mm-hmm. they're kind of ingrained in us. And it's not like you go through one session of EFT and it, it disappears. Like it's something that, you know, it comes up every now and then, but it, it's also more like you're also aware of it when you are doing it or going, like feeling it, whatever that belief is. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. You are. <coughs> Pardon me. And it's interesting because one of the T's is trusting the process because it's never a one-and-done uh, deal. Even though I would also say that EFT a lot of times gets referred to as emotional first aid treatment because it's first aid for our emotional state. And that is 
actually usually how it's introduced to most people when they're undergoing a, a times of stress or anxiety or overwhelm. And if you have only ever used EFT that way, good on you because at least you're using it. But there is just so much more power that is there's potential there with EFT if you are willing to trust the process and actually go through the unlearning so that you can create that space to now lay down some tracks on your neural pathways for empowered thoughts. Because the stronger that those become, the weaker that the limiting thoughts and fears and blocks all also become. Right. So they don't actually, like, disappear. They just become less of a burden. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, like, it, this is not true anymore. Yes, yes. It's like, and, and that's yeah. where the awareness keeps coming, flash, it's like flashbacks almost, right? You have these flashbacks, and I, right. I was listening to something this morning, someone speaking, and they were saying Bob Proctor, until the day he died, still had to tr- keep quieting that voice that was inside his head, telling him, you know, oh, you can't, or you're going to fail, or all of those messages that all of us. So if the the master gurus are still working at it, that gives me great hope, right? Because the, they'll be right. they become, you know, weaker and weaker over time. And yes, you're right. They will not completely disappear because they've taken a lifetime to insidiously lodge themselves in our minds in the first place. So it's going to take some intentional focus and work to to, you know, weaken them and tell them to get to the back of the bus and let our authentic higher self drive. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that even with, I did some EFT training or some therapy for myself, and those feelings don't come up, but the thoughts do, right? Because they're in my head, they're in my body. But I'm so much more aware of of how it used to make me feel that now I can tell myself a different story about what mm. that means. Right. Oh, and it's almost like, statement. right. You know, like it's and, almost like we attach, we attach certain feelings to certain stories. And we, <laughs> I mean, I know myself, I dwell on that story more than I dwell on the feeling. Right. Mm. And so, that's why I had to do the EFT because I thought this is ridiculous. Like I'm going to destroy my world. You know, there's got to be more to it than what I think. Right. I mean, you know, more than just me. Right. And so, yeah, I really noticed that like the the feelings don't go away, especially if you can't fix the problem, whatever, Mm -hmm. like whatever Mm -hmm. you're dealing with. Right. Because I mean, let's face it. If it's more than, like, if it's not just your problem, you know, like you're, you know, like a, a steady argument, let's say, that you have with someone that you just mm-hmm. cannot, you can only agree to disagree, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. fix that problem. And so yeah. this EFT with me helped me understand better that it's not just about me, right? That there's two people involved. And if that other person isn't willing to move, then... I'm kind of stuck with it. I can't make too many changes, right? The problem's not going to go away. So now I just tell myself a different story, and, you know, it helps me handle it. Absolutely. And it's a beautiful – it, it, it's that, a beautiful, Does that sound like how it should be? Yes, 
Yes, and 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 there's potential there to just continue on and keep. So what I love about that is the fact that you've been been able to detach from the original story that you were telling yourself. And, you know, an example of that is if you always tell yourself that you are a person who's always late for something, you are continuing, you're going to continue to be that person that is late for something because that's the story that you keep telling yourself. Now, that's a very light example, an example of how it works. In your case, uh, what I'm hearing is that you were able to detach emotionally from that original story that was not serving you in order to begin creating a new story that you are able to anchor into with those emotions of higher vibration that you want to be having. And then you can continue to build on that. So it's a beautiful story because it is so multi-layered. And you also touched on something else that I want to kind of go back to is with tapping. It's um, when I originally started and began, I know we would be in our sessions in class and our instructor would ask us, well, what are you feeling? Something else that we have over time managed to suppress in our systems is emotions and images that come to mind and sensations in our body. We've gotten to the point where we're, we ignore them to such a point that they cause dis-ease in our body. That was a very um, challenging hurdle for me to overcome when I originally started and began with my training because it takes time and you have to be willing for that to take that time to be able to trust that process and actually listen to what your body because that's where EFT is such a beautiful beautiful modality you do not have to delve into the past and, and you know re-traumatize yourself or your nervous system in order to heal and move forward because you only deal with things in that moment so if you're feeling chills on your body it's like okay pay attention and you tap through it, and then you are gently peeling back those layers. And I actually had a client describe it really beautifully to me because we always talk about the layers of an onion when we talk about um, work like this. She said, yeah, she said, it's more like a phyllo pastry. I said, oh, what a beautiful image that is because you're being so delicate with yourself. And then when I bring that image to mind, it just reminds you to take that time and take that care. Grant yourself that grace. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> did, I, did I leave you uh, off your care? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that's, and, and I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose of it, right? It's, it's self-healing, and you need to do it in whatever way is going to work for you to help you move forward. Mm-hmm. So I want yes. to go back to your audit process. So we yes. went through A and U. So do you mind, you know, finishing the acronym for us? Not at all. I'd love to. Um, D is determination. So this is where we get into the intentional determining of your values and your goals because that is so important so that you can always continue to check in with your awareness and where's your awareness at, especially when you're having, when times of having to make a decision. Okay, what do I choose here? What is going to align with my values? What is going to, you know, um, point me in the direction of where, I, where I'm heading, where my goals are? 
And it's a double meaning on determination because it's also determination of character, also known as persistence, (laughs) because repetition is an absolute non-negotiable for success. And I would would also stand by um, having it be a a necessary um, element for EFT. My dream is to throw in another D, but my dream would be to have um, to have the whole world tapping as regularly as they brush their teeth as a preventative hygiene measure, really. Um, I, favorite letter in audit. I could talk about this one all day, but it's imagination. Imagination is all too often that missing piece. And we've really been conditioned to suppress it. And I don't know about you, but I, don't, I do know that a number of people can relate when I tell them that as a kid, I was always told to get my head out of the clouds and stop daydreaming. Get back to your work. And especially <laughs> when, that, when that came to schoolwork, right? Um, I was told that quite often. And now I'm in a profession where daydreaming is encouraged and I couldn't love it more. <laughs> Because telling someone to stop daydreaming is like shutting off the water tap when you desperately are in a drought, you know, like you need water. Um, Maybe I shouldn't say that because in Edmonton, we're on rations right now, aren't we? (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but being told that to get your head out of the clouds or to stop daydreaming sets us up for failure. Because what that does is it plants that little seed of doubt in your time or in your mind that makes you think, oh, my God, I was wasting my time. When in actuality, that could not be further from the truth. Imagination is necessary. Right. It's, it's the seed to be fertilized, really. Trying and without to it, you like, can't set goals. Exactly. Yes. How do you set Absolutely. a goal if you can't imagine what you want? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if people struggle with where to begin, I always tell them, okay, like, um, uh, oh, my gosh, I can't, um, Hicks, Hicks, Esther Hicks. Hester Hicks always talks about contrast. Well, how important is that for you to know? Like, if you struggle where to begin, you've been told so many times to stop dreaming that you have. Um, start by listing what you don't want. And then start dreaming, what would the opposite of, and just ask yourself, what would the opposite of that be? And then that can kind of initiate that process. Because if you've been not dreaming for so long that you've forgotten how, it can be difficult to kind of fire that muscle back up again. Right. Yeah, and the first thing I always ask clients, what are you tolerating? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So the first T is trust the process. And this is something that does get easier over time, especially as you repeat the practice of imagining. <laughs> and imagination and trusting the process used together are like, they're like building back that atrophied muscle. And it's a, truly a case of use it or lose it. Second T is take inspired action. And only tackle maybe one or two areas at a time and ask yourself, what is that next best step? And then actually do it. You know, because it's typical. It's um, it's really more effective. Typical, typically, anyways. And I know Tony Robbins would disagree with me on here, on this point, because I know he always promotes taking massive action. 
Well, it's a lot easier on your nervous system if you only tackle one or two areas to change and keep working away at those until you're happy with the results in that area rather than deciding to overhaul everything at once because that does tend to overwhelm our nervous system and that can actually serve to re-traumatize. Now, Tony Robbins might be right if that is your nature and that aligns with your, your core values, if that's the type of person that you are and that feels good and resonates with your soul, go ahead, take that massive action. Because if it resonates, it resonates. And I, I'm, not the, I'm not here to argue that. But I would say generally as a rule of thumb for most people, it's easier to only tackle one or two areas first. And, and so you still you have to live a life. And you still have right? to live a life. Like don't, like, right. Right. Yeah, like you can make changes, but if you change everything all at once, your entire life becomes like all, you know, what's the word, upheveled, upsheveled? I'm not even sure what the word is. But if you do it like piece by piece, you always have that, you know, that comfort place to go back to, right? And then slowly that comfort place becomes uncomfortable if you're doing it slowly, right? If you do it all at once, everything is going to be uncomfortable. Yes, and you're able to that way build on successes. Important that we're able to do that because that's it's like our personal evidence file that we, you know, we start chalking up the evidence for that. And you can ask, you can, I can ask in a in a session. It's like, okay, what evidence do you have to support that belief? And it's usually asked in um, in the case of a limiting belief. But now, once you've begun to pile up the evidence to the contrary for your empowering beliefs. We actually encourage people to keep a file on hand, like a physical uh, God box or an empowerment box or what evidence file, whatever you want to term it as, and you put in all of that evidence. When you get an email that somebody says, you know what, I really appreciated XYZ that you did for me, and I would have been willing to pay more for that contract or whatever the case may be, now you're starting to mount evidence that supports your empowered belief. And the more you can do that, well, maybe next time you can take bigger and bolder actions, right? But you have to first build on that because now we're building layers on that are quote-unquote good or... Yeah, this sounds like a huge process. Like I know that not everybody... Um, would have to make it like it wouldn't be a huge process for everybody but it sounds to me like this is not the you know six to eight weeks worth of work this sounds like you know months of work it typically yes um I don't like to have any fewer than six sessions with someone because you are only just scratching the tip of that iceberg at that point and there's just so much more potential to unlock there, right? Um, and it is a process. Right. And once people understand that, then they – and once they start to see those successes and they start to build up the, that evidence that we just talked about, then they're like, oh, my gosh, how far can I go? And then the possibilities are endless. They're limitless. So, right. yes and, and, and I no think – I mean, I know with my – Yeah, and with myself, too, when I started with the whole self-development journey, I was very, um, what's the word, resistant, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was really, like, 
do I really want to go down that road? And, and, and I would stop myself, right? And then slowly, I would, it, it just kept coming back up and, okay, fine, let me go there, you know. And so it was very difficult for me at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my gosh, I need this. Like, I need more. Mm. I need to learn more about myself. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, change, you have to change yourself. You know, when you go down these roads, you realize like, oh, my goodness, I am so doing this wrong. Right. (laughs) And and you start to like it just becomes like, a, you know, it just becomes more of a smooth ride. Right. Until you hit the next bump. Because, I mean, let's face it, personal development doesn't make you perfect. Right. No, no, no. And we will be, and, and my dream is to actually be a work in progress till the day I die, to be honest, and to, you know, have a book in my hand when I go. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's so interesting because what you just described is the process in, in complete, understandable layman's terms, and that's exactly how it works. You slowly build up your capacity to be able to take on more and more as time goes on, because you are building the strength and the resiliency of your nervous system. It's like, you know what? Yeah, that just happened. But, you know, it didn't affect me like it would have, you know, six months ago, a year ago, five years ago. And then you you start to build up that confidence. And it's like, you know what? I can handle this. <laughs> I can handle this. And then something right. comes along and, and again. It, yeah. yeah. And you're better able, you're better Yeah, and quit. it's very true. Yep. Right. Yep. You're and and the thing is, like, when I started, you know, exactly. When I started and someone would say to me, you need to celebrate your wins, no matter how big or small, I yes. had no idea, like, zero idea what that meant. And now, like, I get it, right? Like, I mean, I wasn't super judgmental, right? But I used to, like, judge women that would walk in and I didn't like what they were wearing. Right? It didn't matter their age, their shape, their size, nothing. If I didn't like what they were wearing, I judged them. And now, when I look at these women, I don't judge them. I, I, because I know that it's not my place to judge them, right? They, yeah. If that's their style, that's their style. And if it's not their style, well, that's, yeah. that's something they have to deal with. And when I catch myself, you know, not judging, I have mm-hmm. to give myself a pat on the back because I know, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, I would have been judging them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just and a small, like, that's just a small example. But it's, a, but it's a great example. It's such a terrific example. We all, because I think there's probably no one listening that cannot relate to that. We all have a tendency. I think it's a, I think it's a flaw in our human nature that we all have this tendency to judge and it's just, okay, right. Am I doing, am I doing it? I'm doing it again. And no matter what it is that we're judging, just become aware of it that much more quickly all of the time and say, Oh, what's here for me? And then just follow it up with that question. What's here for me to learn? Or what about that is bothering me? And why? And why? Right. Yeah. And you might not always have the answer to the why, but it might it might come to you later if you are open to at least hearing and ask or first asking and then hearing what the answer to that question is. It might come to you later, maybe doing the dishes or something simple like that when you're not really thinking. And then it hits you. It's like, oh, yeah, I always had that aunt that wore something yeah. like that. And, and that aunt was 
creepy. I don't know whatever term you want to call her, but it was it, it might be something like that. And that oh now I now I catch myself judging every time I see somebody wearing something similar. Huh? That's interesting. I just learned something else new about myself. Yeah, and definitely pat yourself on right? the back yeah. and celebrate all the little wins for sure. Stack them up. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, if a client came to you, Tracy, and wanted to start with the audit, because I would think that's where the best place to start is, what do they need to be prepared for? What is it that, like, they need to require from themselves in order for you to start this audit with them? What a terrific question. They have to be ready to do the work. And... By that, I just mean they have to be ready to meet with me regularly because repetition is component of success for going through the process. And at the very least, if they are not going to engage in, a, a, like, you know, sessions, numerous sessions with me, what they have to be willing to do for themselves is to sit down and take stock taken their own emotional uh, or empowerment um, audit and determine what their values are because maybe they need to sit in that for a little while until they're ready to come to me because we're not always ready when we think we are and that's okay you'll be ready when you are ready and then when you are ready then I know that you're going to come and you'll be you'll be ready to go through the process but just know that you're it's not a one and done and you are investing time and money and, you know, resources in yourself. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to be okay with that, essentially. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Is there any um, advice that you can give to our, our, our listeners um, as far as, you know, if they're considering going down the road of self-development, what kind of advice could you give to them? I would think to start, go back to my favorite letter. Go back to imagination and sit down and do some dreaming and see how that, how that couples with what your personal self-image is in this present moment. Because um, we'll go back to um, what, you're, what you're if seeing yourself as. If you see yourself as always being late for a meeting, you're, you're always, I don't know, you're always the martyr friend. You're always the, the this, the that, however you characterize yourself. No matter how much you want to change, and I would actually recommend a really great book if you don't want to um, enter into any sort of um, sessions with a coach or myself or a therapist or anything, a really great book and a great place to start is Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. It's a fantastic book because we are like, and this goes back to our self-image, because we are like that thermostat in the room. And if we're set at 72 degrees, that's where we're going to remain. And we are, if we want to lose weight, okay, we're going to come back to that temperature setting that we're set at, the how we view ourselves as our self-image. If we always see ourselves as, oh, I'm the tummy friend, that's where you're going to, no matter how much weight you're able to shed on a diet or through whatever process, you're going to return to being that chubby friend unless 
you change what your self-image of yourself is. So that's why it's so important to go back to that dream state or that imagination for whatever your goals are. If your goal is to be, I don't know, a successful, I'll go back to sales because that's what my focus is. If you want to be a successful salesperson, you're going to have to get into that imaginative, that was hard for me to say, but that imaginative dream state and calm yourself down and picture yourself as that every little detail going through all of your senses. What does that successful person do first thing in the morning? What do they have for breakfast? What clothes do they choose out of their wardrobe to put on? What is your routine? You know, what are the tastes that you're enjoying for your breakfast? Do you drink, are you drinking coffee and are you having your coffee when you, coffee, your, your coffee when you get to the office? Like things like that and just go through your day and go through your senses and really, really imagine it with emotion, feeling, sensation and go through all your senses kind of like a meditation, and then write that down and write down what your self-image is. See how well they align. That, is, that would be I love that. I would, Thank you so that much. I would suggest people to start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that and was I beautiful. Think, that, and that's exactly where, well, that's exactly how we have to do it, right? We have to see who we want to be and exactly who we want to be compare yes. it to who we are today and where mm-hmm. is the gap? Like what, how can we fill the gap to be who we want to be? Yeah. Bob I love Proctor that. Calls it Thank you so much for joining out. me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Tina. We have to do this again because we, I know that there are tons more you and I can talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure, I, and I could go on for hours, yeah. because once yeah. you get me talking about this stuff, I could just talk all day, I know. <laughs> yes, and I love it. I love that you're so open to talk about it. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. I loved it. It was fun. Excellent. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel, they don't even look like that. You are an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. In Full Bloom Success Styling offers an online course combined with one-to-one coaching in confidence building, personal branding, and creating your signature fashion look. Chic definitely does come in every shape, so if you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom, contact me through Instagram at InfoBloomStyling or by email at tina at InfoBloomStyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.